Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast series. Today we're going to be talking about domestic violence among Utah women, which was the topic of one of our research snapshots last year. I'm Dr. Susan Matson, founder of the Utah Women in Leadership Project, and I'm here with Robin Scribner, the lead research fellow here at the project. Robin, as you know, this is such an important topic to discuss, and I know you have passion around this topic. Why do you see this is so important to discuss, you know, nationally, but in Utah as well? Well, Susan, as you mentioned, this is a really critical topic and something that affects one in three women in the state of Utah and nationally. Those are numbers that we actually see worldwide, but our rate in Utah is actually slightly higher when you get down to the real specific percentages of women who experience domestic violence. And so the chances are that every single person listening to this podcast knows someone who is affected by yeah, domestic one in violence. Three. I mean, that's, that's a big number. It's huge. And, um, and it, it shocks people sometimes to hear that. Absolutely. We like to think in Utah, we prioritize families. We have this happy state and we, and we don't want to recognize. Well, sometimes people just don't recognize that this really happens here. And it's, it's because it's a crime that lives within the shadows because people aren't talking about it, but it's absolutely happening throughout the state of Utah. And it's something that we need to talk about. And a lot of people really just think that domestic violence is, is refers only to physical violence, but it also includes other kinds of abuse, emotional abuse and verbal and financial and spiritual and, and actually digital and online and, and of course, sexual abuse as well. So, uh, I, you know, I think those are important to have in our conversation today. It is. It's easy to, to forget. We, we think about a stereotypical battered woman, right, who, who has physical bruises. But there are so many different ways that women are experiencing domestic abuse. The financial one is really fascinating um, because that is such a strong way that a partner can control someone who he is abusing. If, if a woman doesn't have financial resources to get out of the situation that she's in, she will stay. And so these different types of things, it's so important to recognize the different ways that domestic abuse is happening. And in terms of the financial, I mean, some women report being blocked out of their, uh, they, they have no access to money at all. They absolutely. don't control any kind of money, even bank accounts, right. correct? Oh, yes, absolutely. And so uh, one thing that's interesting in one of the studies is that 63% of women do believe that violence against women is increasing. And that, I mean, this topic in general is kind of a tough topic it for is. most people to talk about. And it's, it's, we've got some sad news. Often. It is. It's hard to talk about. The one bright spot on that, of, of course, I don't know that, uh, the, the belief that it's increasing, but I think that it does show that we're talking about this a little yeah. bit more and that people are maybe more aware that it's happening, which is positive because if we don't talk about it, we can't work to fix it. And when we wrote the brief, we really looked at different terms. Domestic violence is the one we'll use, but also some of the research was around intimate partner violence. And we really just included all together in the snapshot, uh, which I think is good to clarify. So as we know from the research, domestic violence is underreported nationally, but definitely here in Utah. Any insights about that? Yes. Like any crime that's very personal in nature and that also sometimes comes with a with a some significant amount of shame involved so so many women who are experiencing domestic violence feel like somehow it's their fault and so they don't want to talk about it and obviously and in addition they love the person who is hurting them 
And so they don't want them to get in trouble. And so there, there are a lot of nuanced factors that come into why domestic violence is so significantly underreported. But we do know that that's the case, just like it is with sexual violence, um, other types of things, domestic violence. The numbers that we see, what's actually happening is much, much greater, which is very scary. And one of the things that we report in our snapshot is that of the women who experience domestic violence, about 66% that the perpetrator was a current or former, former husband or a male live-in partner, about 26% said the abuser was a former boyfriend. And sadly enough, about 21% of Utah women who have been victims actually report that they've been victims multiple times, not just with the same person as well, with multiple partners. Right. That is a that is a difficult and frustrating statistic to read. It goes to show that if women aren't getting the help and support they need, they're likely to find themselves in this type of circumstance again and again, which is why it's so important that we're talking about it. And at the end of this podcast, we're going to talk about resources and places where people can go for help in order to stop this cycle and to keep people from experiencing this over and over again. Susan, one thing that you mentioned that I think is really important is the fact that Women are experiencing domestic violence often by the um, hands of their husbands or their boyfriends, but we should note that men also can experience domestic yes. abuse as yes. well. Yes, this is an important element to acknowledge. And we do have men who report domestic violence here in the state of Utah. Right. So we do want to acknowledge that and recognize that that's also a very critical issue, but women are much more likely to be the victims of domestic violence. Yeah, that's important. But also, let's let's take a minute and look at some of the... Um, other factors. So we write in our snapshot about marital status. So I think that's interesting, and, and maybe people would guess this, but but the marital status uh, data says that divorced and separated women in Utah actually report higher uh, rate of domestic violence, about 42% than married women or unmarried women. And those numbers are down in the 11%. So that divorced and separated women, obviously there's some issues in their marriages and they've been divorced, but that, you know, maybe they're not even in the same house, but they do, you know, have gotten divorced and, and have that domestic violence. Any others? That Yes, that's so important to notice. Anyone can be a, a victim of domestic violence. And so even someone that we're looking at with the perfect marriage and the perfect family, we don't know that that person is free from any uh any of this type of situation. But there are absolutely factors that are more highly correlated yeah. with uh, experiencing domestic abuse. And so marital status, like you just mentioned. Well, before we move on, though, one of the interesting things, I think, with marital status is sometimes we look, we go to church, or we see people in the neighborhood, and they look like they have great marriages. You see the the kind of external things that happen, yet over and over again, women report being in abusive relationships, even when we're looking as neighbors or church members, and we don't see that. Absolutely. And that goes along with the fact that this is a crime that lives in the shadows, as I mentioned before. And so, uh, yes, of course, we can't ever make any assumptions. Um, but another factor, in addition to women who are divorced or separated being more likely to experience domestic abuse, education is also correlated. So um, women with a higher education level are less likely to experience abuse. In fact, nearly 23% of women with less than a high school education reported experiencing domestic violence compared to only 10% of women with a college yeah. degree. And there are a lot of different factors. It's not, you know, a straight across um cause and effect sort of situation. But women who do have higher education 
have a lot more options in their life. And it is it is important, though, to say that 10%, though, of women with college degrees do experience that. But we just see more uh, in the statistics with women who don't. So don't assume just because a woman has a college degree that she may not be in those that situation because all women can experience Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And men, like we said. Right. Another factor that comes into play is income level. And again, this has to do with options, different options in your life. So women whose annual income is less than 20000 per year report higher rates of domestic violence, about 23% than do women with an annual income of 50000 or more. Only 12.7% of those women report experiencing domestic abuse. So uh, as in so many other circumstances, women who are disadvantaged in other ways, lower education levels, poverty, things like that, they are also more likely to be experiencing domestic it's, abuse. It's so interesting. That statistic that you just um, cited is so interesting because we do see a sense of independence, a sense of choices when a woman does at least make uh, some money, right? Absolutely, yes. And I know you really look deeply into the reports, but I know um, I've always enjoyed, whether it's part-time or not, having some money and feeling some ownership of, of that money and being able to spend it in different ways that I choose. So the other one is age. So what did we find? Well, this was interesting. As we looked at women, we were looking at reporting a lifetime instance. And so actually, yes. the numbers got higher and higher because you've lived longer and had more opportunities to um, be the opportunities makes it. <laughs> that, not, that's not, not the right, right word. But, but the but, older a Utah woman is, the more likely she is to report having experienced it. Absolutely. So just she's had time throughout her life to to unfortunately go through those. And I wouldn't call that an opportunity. Right. Either, but, but it's interesting. And in our snapshot, if you look at that, you've got some breakdowns of age groups and so forth. Um, so domestic violence affects the victims, like we talked about, especially in the case of the work that we do really focusing on women. It affects so many women in the state of Utah and nationally. But other people, I mean, it's not just isolated. If a woman has abuse, I mean, it really does affect a lot of people, including children. I mean, it affects their friends and their families and neighbors and family, you know, all of the people around them, even people in church groups, but it affects children. And this is one of the most discouraging and disturbing statistics that we found in looking at how domestic abuse affects children specifically. One really haunting statistic was that every year around 80 children in the state of Utah are present either at the murder or the attempted murder of their own mother. And so that's that's really just such that's a shocking deeply actually. it is it's deeply troubling and it just shows how this can um, be so hurtful to adults but also to children and one thing that the research shows is that children who are present at domestic abuse who see this throughout their lives it actually it affects them as children but it can affect them for their entire lives a study, probably both boys and girls oh yes absolutely but one study found here in the state of Utah is that uh, adult victims of domestic violence are much more likely than non-victims to have witnessed domestic violence when they were children themselves or to have been abused by their parents. And so again, this is a this is an issue that can go on for actually generations. And again, that's why it's so important that we talk about it openly and that people who are experiencing this in their own lives find ways to get help 
because the resources are available. And as that happens, it can stop this cycle from occurring in the next generation. And it really, there's, uh, there's help that we'll talk about in just a minute related to families and ways that people can reach out and learn more to help others or help themselves. Susan, I wanted oh. to mention one more thing about youth when we were talking about yeah, children. Yeah, dating violence. Dating Isn't violence, that interesting? Right? I, another aspect, we, th- we think of this in terms of adult women often and experiencing this with a spouse or a lifetime partner, but this is actually happening younger and younger. And we have in the state of Utah, about 12% of high school students in Utah have experienced some form of dating violence. So as young as high school age, girls are recognizing their boyfriends are treating them in a way that they are starting to recognize as abusive 12%. and dangerous. That's, that's thousands it and thousands. Is. It's very, um, it's very upsetting. And it's important to note that we're slightly above the national average in that way, and nothing to brag about, of course. Right. Um, which is disturbing. But again, as we said at the beginning, one in three Utah women will experience some form of domestic violence. So. So sometimes that starts when you're younger and a dating relationship is one of those. So I know there's a lot more research there um, coming out on dating violence that we'll have to keep our eye on. So let's talk about what are the costs of domestic violence within society? You know, we've talked about the prevalence of it, but there's costs. As, as you well know, you've read lots of research like I have for the women themselves, for the families, but also society. So... Where should we start? So this is really tricky to pin down, and it's hard to find hard, fast numbers about the costs of domestic violence to society because they just are so large and they're really widespread. But we know that the numbers are in the billions and the billions nationally. And some of the things that are included when we look at the cost of domestic violence are, of course, direct medical costs, mental health services, and lost productivity. When If a woman is being abused, She's not going to be as effective of work. She's going to miss work. She's going to lose her job. But there are other things outside of that, um, outside of those specific factors that we also, you know, have to look into, such as social services, criminal justice costs. Yeah, law and enforcement. I mean, yes, that's absolutely. a lot of funding right there. So all those things come together and really make this bring a significant financial toll on individuals, communities, and governments. And it's so... Sad to to look at some of the research around individual effects. Um, the the you know women that tend to have more abuse in their lives have experienced this, tend to have poorer health in general. Um, they have uh, they really struggle with all kinds of physical and and uh, emotional struggles, uh, both physical and emotional. Absolutely. We when we were talking about the costs. Financial costs certainly do not tell the whole story. Yes. There are absolutely costs to the physical health. Women who experience domestic violence, about half of them report having poor health. They're limited in their, in their activities because of physical and emotional struggles. And women who experience domestic violence actually need special equipment. They're much yes. more likely to need a wheelchair or different things like that because of the physical and mental toll that that domestic abuse is taking on them. And there's so much research on the connection with physical bodies to your mental health and also the other way around. Absolutely. So people that are really struggling with emotional problems and abuse is such a big one, it really does affect your body. Um, I studied, uh, I have a master's in exercise physiology and wellness and studied that mind-body connection, which 
which the research continues to say that that's really strong. Um, and so women who don't feel good about themselves and, you know, when you look at the research, our women have less confidence, are nervous about things, have more stress when they do go through these kinds of abuse. Right. So the impact can be so far reaching in a woman's life, covering financial, physical, emotional, mental, all different factors. And we, we mentioned right at the first, um, spiritual. We didn't talk about that, but there's, uh, some of the research talks about domestic violence having, having some actual spiritual, uh, negative effects. Yeah, absolutely. What, what uh, any specifics on that? Well, some of the things, uh, it comes back to the idea of shame that we talked about at the very beginning. I think a lot of women who experience domestic abuse, um, their, their, uh, abusers, are, can be very skilled, right, in placing the blame. Oh, uh, yes. You're doing. I'm yes. doing this because you deserve it. And those things can come to your very deep, inherent sel- sense of self-worth. And women who are experiencing this can believe, I deserve it, and I'm worthless. And those can be factors that absolutely uh, tie into your own spiritual self as well. Absolutely. So if we, you know, our listeners here on this podcast today are experiencing some kind of uh, domestic violence, or they know, again, one in three Utah women will experience and have experienced this. So we need to talk about some of the resources. So what do they do? So why don't you start? Well, one thing that I want to emphasize here, we've talked a little bit about how women need to go get help. And and that can be a troubling thing because women That's not are, easy. It's right? not cut and dry. Yeah. But even but even women who are victims who are experiencing these horrible things themselves, it's almost as if here's another thing you have to go do. This is mm-hmm. your responsibility. It's up to you to change this. That can be an absolutely paralyzing idea. And so one thing that friends and family can do is to carry some of that burden with yes. them. You can't take it away, but you can try to share. And so the first thing that we can do is just listen. Yes. I, I I ran a 5K this past summer uh, as a fundraiser for the Center for Women and Children in Crisis here in Utah County. And the t-shirts that they had right across, the slogan across the t-shirt was, Believe Women. And I loved that message so much. That's ultimately so powerful for women who have taken uh, the huge step to tell somebody if they are believed, that can make such a difference. And some people think that that women may, especially with the sexual harassment issues now, s- step forward a bunch and claim things that may not be true. But the research again and again says that so few women actually do that. Women who find the courage to step forward, it's the truth. Yes. The, the instances of false accusations are a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what's happening. Much more common is women who are experiencing this and aren't able to tell anyone. So that's what I would say to all of our listeners today. The most important thing is be a listening ear for anybody that might need help. But if you're experiencing this yourself, or if you know someone who is, please know that there are resources available to you. So I mentioned the Center for Women and Children in Crisis here in Utah County. The Utah Domestic Violence Coalition is a powerful group. And the Salt Lake Area Family Justice Center is in the YWCA Utah. So they do a lot of work there as well. Um, and, and United uh, Way Utah 211, let me say that again a little faster. <laughs> um, United Way Utah 211. You can actually get to that on the on a website, but also you can actually just call 211. They have listings and can give uh, information about all the help in Utah as well. 
There are other things, a few others as well. Yeah. Well, each of these groups have trained counselors. They do such a great job. We had them come in and speak, actually, at one of our events this uh, past spring. And I was so impressed about the quality of the services that are being given at these shelters um, and different other types of services. So so people should know, if you can find uh can find the courage to reach out, there is really help available and the help can make a huge difference. And I think to talk directly here to our listeners, I think what you're doing today is one of the best things and that is just listening, knowing the statistics, knowing that one in three Utah women will experience this form of abuse, understanding that we're going to our website and reading our snapshot on this. The more that we know, the better we can be for ourselves, for family members that might be struggling, for church members or community members. So the more that you know, the better. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast series hosted by the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah Valley University. Our core mission is to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. If you would like to read the research snapshot we discussed today or learn more about our research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org. Thank you.